Welcome to this edition of the Alabama Historical Association's podcast program. I'm your host, Marty Olaf, and I talk with people who conduct interesting research and do interesting things concerning Alabama history. You can find out more about the Alabama Historical Association, a membership organization devoted to Alabama history, by pointing your browser at our website, www.alabamahistory.net. Our guest for this episode is Laura Hill, communications editor for the Online Encyclopedia of Alabama. The EOA is celebrating its 10th anniversary and has been featured in Episodes 9 and 17 of the Alabama History Podcast. Welcome, Laura, and tell us what's up at the EOA. Hi, Marty. The Encyclopedia of Alabama is approaching its 10th anniversary, which was September 15, 2008. That's a significant date in Alabama history because, one, we launched, and two, because the company that started it in the state, Lehman Brothers, declared bankruptcy that day. Since we launched, we have attracted more than 15 million page views, generated by almost 8 million visitors. Do you have any idea how they're coming to the EOA? We know it's a lot of people who are involved with K-12 education. We know this because our traffic starts to pick up in August, and it climbs and it climbs, and then in December, the week of Christmas, it goes back down to the levels that we have in July. It picks back up again and climbs, and then when school ends, we level out. So we know that a lot of the traffic that we get is related to what people are learning in the classroom. What proportion of people looking at the Encyclopedia of Alabama are coming from outside of the United States? Is there any way to tell that? There is. About 60% are from outside of Alabama. A lot of that are surrounding states and within the United States. So California, Texas, which have large school systems, and New York send a lot of traffic to us. And then Georgia, Florida, Tennessee, and Mississippi. But then we get traffic from India. We get traffic from Germany, from France, from Russia, from Indonesia. We have traffic from all over the world. Are these folks from outside of Alabama hitting particular articles relatively hard? There's a distinct difference in the traffic that comes from within the state and traffic that comes from outside of the state. In the state, people are drawn to a lot of our natural sciences entries, the one on insects, the ones on endangered species, birds. Many of our agricultural-related entries are viewed by people from Alabama, and we think a lot of that has to do with the fact that we're one of the best sources for people to find that for their science classes. And then outside of Alabama, the number one article is always the Scottsboro Trials. Alabama's civil rights movement articles draw people in. And when they look at the civil rights, then they start looking at agriculture and other things related to Alabama because our articles are hyperlinked. Encyclopedia of Alabama, then, is not merely a historical encyclopedia, that it covers many more areas relative to Alabama. We have a growing number of articles related to fossils that are found in the state, and we were told by some teachers that that was the best collection they had ever seen of those photos anywhere. What other kinds of articles do you have? We have articles on NASCAR. We have articles on athletes, of course, and that's one of the areas that I should probably mention that we keep adding content, and 
I, I tell people if you don't find an article that you think should be there, it's not because we don't care about it. It's because it hasn't been written and put in EOA yet. We're not finished. We keep adding content every month. And by content, you're not talking about just articles. You add other kinds of content, too, as you alluded to in your discussion of the fossils. Yes. Photographs are the primary one. We also have video clips. When EOA was conceived, we ended up getting images that were scanned at different repositories around the state that may not have been seen for a number of years. Once we put those images online, we started getting inquiries about how to contact the person who holds that so that it could be used in another publication. The Birmingham Public Library probably get irritated because we drive a lot of traffic to their image of Mary Anderson, who invented the windshield wiper. And I have had inquiries from Sweden, from Germany, from Japan, to how do we get in touch with who holds this image. They also like to use the EOA's articles as part of the copy for their exhibits. It's driving people to other institutions in the state for their archival material. How are the articles written? What's the grade level that you're looking at? All of that kind of information. Chris and Claire, our content editors, are very, very astute and capable of making articles so that they are readable to the general public. And we're shooting for a ninth, tenth grade level. And then some of the ones that we know that would be attractive to grade school level, they try to make sure that it's at seventh or eighth grade. How do potential authors get assignments for articles? First of all, I should stress that we do not encourage someone writing an article and sending it to us and expecting it to be published as is. We have a list of more than 5,000 topics that we want someone to write for us. We also realize that there are articles that somebody's been researching a subject and found, yes, here's a good EOA entry. First thing is that the topic is statewide, national, or international importance. There are opportunities here, but don't just send in an article. You will probably have wasted your time. Correct. And that was one of the things. When EOA first started, the Wikipedia was also coming into its own, and people were using it. Wikipedia is an excellent resource, and other wiki pages are fantastic resources. The difference between Encyclopedia of Alabama and a lot of wiki-type pages is that changes are made by EOA editors alone. You can't post something to EOA on your own, and you can't come in and change it like you can a wiki page. What happens if somebody makes a mistake or somebody contacts you and says, hey, wait a minute, I think this isn't right? Is there a process there? There is, and it has happened. On the EOA, there at the very bottom of the right-hand side, is a contact us button. If you find an error, click on that and create a subject line, correction needed for such and such an article. Then you write, I was reading this article and saw this, and I believe this is incorrect, and here's why. And that's the nice thing about being an online publication. You can update when somebody's died. You can update when new research is discovered. A photograph that Francis Robb provided for one of our articles on a shape note hymnal had a photograph of the family involved. And she, through research a few years later, realized that there was some information that could be added to it. So she contacted us, and we updated our information on that photo. 
I think that's important for especially people who work with history. They know things change. I believe that adds to our credibility when we go, yes, we acknowledge this new information is useful. How else do you increase EOA credibility? One thing is we make sure that the date at the last time the article was updated is included. This being the 10th anniversary, let's talk about the beginnings of EOA. When EOA was conceived, it was at the turn of the century. People at the University of Alabama Press, Alabama Humanities Foundation said, Alabama needs a more modern resource than what people are currently using because most of those do not have information related to the civil rights movement or the space age or modern Alabama. So they started looking, what should we do, and realized it needed to be put online. They asked Wayne Flint, who was at Auburn University at the time, if he would be its editor-in-chief. And then Dr. Jeff Jakeman was also at Auburn and was editor of the Alabama Review at the time. These three organizations, History Department at Auburn University, Alabama Humanities Foundation, and University of Alabama Press, pulled together a group of people that formed the initial editorial board for EOA. And they said, here are 500 entries that EOA should have when it launches in order to be perceived as a serious, incredible resource. Since then, we have grown, and we will probably be publishing our 2000th entry soon. Well, congratulations on publishing that many entries. I know these are a lot more complicated than they sound like. They have to be formatted. They have to be put into the particular software that EOA uses, and I know that that software has been an ongoing issue. This is one of the problems that anybody who creates something new using technology faces, and eventually you're going to have to upgrade your systems. When EOA launched, we had cutting-edge publication technology. It was surpassed later, and it was also not public domain, which created problems of finding someone to work on it when the developers of that software move on to new things. So one of the things we did within five years is that we need to move to a different publishing platform, and we have successfully migrated everything to that new publishing platform, and we updated our look a bit. If you look at EOA on your desktop monitor, it looks nice there. If you look at it on your handheld device, it's going to resize itself and be workable on that. Accessing EOA from your mobile device is a way to get the World Wide Web truly worldwide. Yes. We have always been accessible from a mobile device, but now we look good on a mobile device and easier to use. I know we've gone well beyond history here, but history has to keep up with the times or it stays on the library shelf. One of the things that has pleased me the most over the past 10 years is to see new books come out, new articles published, and it has a citation for the Encyclopedia of Alabama. We have become a useful resource for other people who are telling Alabama stories. I believe you're also showing up in lists of databases, also the Alabama Virtual Library. Thank you for bringing that up because that is one of the things that drives traffic here is when people share a link to EOA in their electronic resources. Alabama Virtual Library said, yes, we would like to have this as part of our offering to teachers because a lot of times teachers have security software at their school to keep their students from having to be exposed to things that are not appropriate for them. And so by being in the Alabama Virtual Library, teachers are still able to get to us through their school. 
teachers out in the field talk about the Encyclopedia of Alabama. So congratulations on reaching a truly target audience. Thank you. We had sound advice when EOA was first starting to launch and say, yes, you are creating a resource for everybody, but you need to focus on what teachers need to. Give us an example of EOA content that teachers can use. Many teachers have talked about a woman named Mariah Fearing, who was born as an enslaved person here in Alabama, and when emancipation happened, she was like 27 years old. She paid for herself to be educated in Talladega and then became a missionary. She went to the Congo when Leopold II was in the country, and she helped rescue young women in the Congo at great risk to herself, and she did that for more than two decades. Because of an EOA entry, you now have a way of not only talking about an important Alabamian, but you can tie world history into someone with Alabama connections. I like showing teachers how you can teach almost any subject and bring an Alabama tie-in, and it makes it more interesting for students because it's local. What other things are going to be happening in the second 10 years? It's kind of hard right now to see past Alabama's bicentennial because it is keeping us so occupied. I hope that your listeners are aware that Alabama will be celebrating the 200 years of statehood in December 2019, and that we have in the past year marked becoming a territory. In those three years, people have been creating new projects. So Alabama Public Television put together 200 videos on various Alabama topics. Most of those are 30 seconds to a minute long. If you went to their website and looked at it, they linked to EOA articles. So we were involved in that. The Alabama Passport is starting to reach the hands of people. EOA has content related to the majority of those sites. Alabama Passport has an app, and those also have links to EOA articles, and we are creating these with new articles. Has the Alabama Passport program led you to identify any particular kinds of content that EOA needs? I'm going to make an assumption here that some of your listeners are associated with museums in the state. We do not have an entry on every museum out there. And if for some reason yours is one of them, we need to hear from you. We want an entry on the museums around the state because people are going to be traveling. They're going to get their passport stamps, and they're going to want to learn about the communities. And if we have an article on those museums, that helps enrich their experience. How will EOA readers connect the museum name with the community? In most cases, we already mentioned the museum in the article. One of the wonderful features about the Encyclopedia of Alabama entries are they are hyperlinked to each other. Well, our articles on communities will list things, places, and events of interest. In that section, we like to highlight things that people can do within that community. Unfortunately, there are some communities where we don't have an article on the museum that's listed there, and we would really like to get those added. The staff at EOA is fairly small, isn't it? It is. We have a IT person and Claire Wilson, who is our content editor and focuses a lot on our science entries, and then Christopher Maloney, whose specialty is the political science aspect, and then we all do history. Tell us again that you're there also. I am there. My job is to go out and talk to people in the community and get them excited about using EOA. Um, I have done presentations related to a specific topic, or I can just give an overview. 
or talk about a community. I love going out and talking to community groups, Rotary Clubs and things. So if a local organization like a Rotary Club or Chamber of Commerce or a school group wants you to come out, they can contact you directly. They can. The best way to do it is the Contact Us button on the Encyclopedia of Alabama's page itself. And it shows up on any page that you look at. I think anybody who looks at the Encyclopedia of Alabama will understand immediately that you have done exactly what you set out to do 10 years ago in September. I think you just nailed it. Anyone who visits the site is going to find something that interests them. You just dive in. Start with your home community. Start with where you were born. Start with the field that you really like. By start with, you mean open up the page and there's a search bar and plug in anything and see what pops up. Yes. I recommend keeping the search simple. Say somebody wanted to look up something about Tuskegee, just type in Tuskegee, hit the search command, and it's going to pull up a large number of articles. You can tell when something's an article because it will have an icon next to it that looks like a piece of paper. If it has a camera next to it, it's a photograph, and if it looks like a piece of film, it is a video clip. Where should we look for EOA on social media? Follow us on Facebook. We try to, at least every day, put up some interesting article from EOA. Tell us the URL one more time. It is encyclopediaofalabama.org. And I want to remind everybody that this remarkable resource is hosted by Auburn University Outreach. Well, Laura Hill, thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you, Marty, for helping us celebrate our 10 years. Thank you for joining us today. This has been another edition of the Alabama Historical Association podcast program. Our music is the traditional tune, Whistle By, performed at city stages in 1996 by James Bryan and Carl Jones. It's provided courtesy of the Alabama Folklife Association, which you can find on the web at alabamafolklife.org.